Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You need to know exactly where your food's coming from. It's the, the clientele that write the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground, essentially, and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that, that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the, the ins and outs of how it was raised mm. is really important. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. This is the Quicksand Food Connection and I'm Stefan Postuma. This time I speak with Laura Dale, who's the head chef of Akiba in the city. Akiba's a great restaurant. It's become a bit of a community hub in Canberra, serving great modern Asian cuisine. They have a raw bar and they get the community involved in a lot of what they do. They gave us some great dishes for the Capital Cookbook 3 and Laura has a really enthusiastic and interesting take on what she does as the head chef there. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Laura Dale, the head chef of Akiba in the city. Thanks for giving us these cool dishes today. You're welcome. I bloody love a keeper's food. It satisfies a lot of what I really like, and especially that short rib dish. I love that combination of nice succulent meat, fattiness, saltiness, and sweetness. Sweetness, absolutely. Beautiful. Crunch yeah. from the fried eschalots, you know, the vibrancy from herbs. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand fat when it comes to meat, though, and they're kind of like, oh, it's fatty, or oh, it's supposed to be there. It's like that mouth coating that you get from like really beautiful cuts of meat that are slow braised mm. a lot of people are like oh it's too fatty it's like no well it's supposed to there, be there to moisten up that dish yeah. I, um, it's perfect with booze as well booze like, is good uh, <laughs> booze is good sort of thing with, yeah with a nice drink yeah and that's like i guess one of the other things a, a part of the akiba business is the drinks list the cocktails oh and stuff. god the cocktails list is fantastic you know we do a lot of you know the chefs helping out the bar guys the bar guys helping out the chefs with like you know flavored pairings or even just coming up with a cocktail so before just earlier on in the year we did a chartreuse competition the bar boys all got in mm-hmm. there and both uh, eddie and mars got first and second and so I'd spent a lot of time with Mars doing his dish and they said, you know, it's got to be French, it's with chartreuse, you know, and I was like, do you smoke fish? So he smoked fish as a part of his drink, a part of the competition, and he won, as right? As a part of his drink. Yeah, so we did like this uh, smoked salmon, and like, so we smoked salmon with a cold smoke, then we poured the chartreuse over the top and then smoked the chartreuse with the salmon and did sprigs of dill, and so it was this beautiful, it was an, actually a great dish, but the theatrics of it all yeah. pushed him over the line and he won. But it was really good, to, you know, with the cocktail side of things and the chef side of things, pairing the stuff together and, mm. you know, really getting a good understanding of complexity of flavour pairing. It's 
it's fun. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a bit of a new frontier. Is like really pushing the boundaries between food and, and, and beverage you know what I mean like incorporating them both into one thing absolutely <laughs> I, but I mean you know chefs are very much the same as bartenders like serious yeah. bartenders are way more in tune with flavours than a lot of chefs are Yeah. so that in itself is a great learning thing for especially young chefs or young bartenders coming into it like understanding you know that yeah they just make drinks or yeah they just cook food but in really understanding that together you can really come together and make mm. some really great stuff like Mars has moved on from here now and he's opening up a joint just up on Lonsdale and he's going to be doing like almost like fine dining bar snack type stuff which is really cool but it's all going to be matched to certain drinks so yeah. when someone orders something they'll be like yo this is the drink that's going to go with it you know and understanding the food and drink pairing not just wine yeah, exactly. Like everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah which would be awesome. Um, what are some of the flavors? Like, how do you put that uh, short rib dish together? So, in so we seal it off in our Jospa. Yeah. So, it's like a Brazilian-style wood-fired oven. So, it gets like a really sort of lingering smoke. It's not too over... It's not smoked meat at all. Yeah. It's just sealed off in a smoked environment, um, almost like a barbecue. So, it has that sort of lingering there. And we season that quite well. And then we make, uh, we use a master stock. So we've got a beef master stock that's mm-hmm. looking at about 18 months old. So it gets re-seasoned every time we use it. So we re-season it with things like fennel, coriander seed, um, cumin seed. We use chassin wine, heaps of palm sugar, soy sauce. Sort of like we balance the seed, like the stock, the master stock, so it's balanced. So it's got the sweetness, the saltiness. You know, it's got like, we use a little bit of vinegar in there, like rice wine vinegar, just to sort of give it sort of a punch of sour. Um, so you know, covers all of the, all of those parts, and then once the meat's sealed, we pour that broth over the top and we cook it yeah. in the oven, slow cook. You know, there's nothing better than that. Best thing I ate when it comes to slow braise, it was like 55 degrees for 24 hours. Mm. Meat, oh my god, <laughs> same kind of meat. Oh my god, melt in your mouth. I mean, we don't have the time for that kind of stuff here. Like the volumes, you going through like 220, 250 kilos worth of short rib a week. <laughs> kind of, and only with one oven in rotation, it's kind mm. of hard to push it through. But, you know, so we've made it in such a way to, you know, get a really great product still yeah. on mass volume. But the sweetness that we put on top, we make a tamarind caramel. Yeah, awesome. It goes on top. That like really right. thick, um, silky, velvety looking yeah. sauce that goes over the top. So it has like that sweetness as well that carries through. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then just some fresh herbs are pretty important to that. Yeah, as well. fresh herbs. Well, you need something that that's punchy that's going to cut through the fattiness and yeah. the sweetness. Like it sort of all works together in the crunch from the fried eschalots, which we do in house as well. Yeah. We don't buy those from the Asian So I mean, it would be that you kind of get a sweetness from it. Like in these guys, it's kind of like deep frying it, like onion almost. You know, like you got start with cold oil, your onions go in, you bring it up, and you just watch it. You don't stir it too much, or you knock the heat out, and otherwise it turns chewy. And but fresh is best like yeah. doing them in house you know, nice. which is awesome um, and it was a dish that was on the menu before you became the chef here you yeah. put your own little twist on that stuff yeah well I came to Akiba the first week it was open and I came in with my partner and we were eating and then we're almost finished and we had a look at the menu again and I was like I want to order that it seems like a dish that I'd like so we ordered the beef spare rib and as soon as I tasted a bit. I smiled at my partner and was like, that is all over me. This is me in a nutshell. And she had a bite and was like, holy crap, that is you. Like, I had a similar dish on at an old restaurant I used to work at. 
it's like rad this is awesome so then when I turned up I sort of understood how the dish was put together all the flavors and the techniques and it's like cool sweet and then started you know talking to the then head chef Courtney about you know tweaking it a little bit and how we can enhance some stuff and so went through that and now it's sort of a little it's a little bit different it's not too far it's just you know simplicity a little mm. bit more but it works awesome and I mean that must be like one of the cool things is just putting your own touch on things like every chef's tastes are different and I think when a when a chef changes at a restaurant if, if you if you're a patron you know from one chef to, the, to another you should be able to see the expression of that chef coming out in the menu absolutely I think you know with the way that you know the hospitality scene can be with chefs and bartenders wait staff you know everyone sort of moves around a bit because they're always searching for new knowledge and you know you know putting their footprint on whatever it is they go to every chef does have a different way of doing things you know it doesn't matter if you've been all been taught by the same chef mm. you always have your own personality to add to it and your own sort of footprint for a dish or so you know anyone can walk in anywhere and go you know what i think we could tweak this you know efficiency for time frame or for flavor or these a little trick that i learned somewhere else that you might not have heard and so i guess you know it's just sharing knowledge in the end you know everything tastes a little bit different nothing will ever be exactly the same when it's replicated like you know ever replicated but you know it's it's nice to see that people are thinking when they get somewhere and not just going oh yeah that's the way you do it so i'm going to do it and they're always continuously trying to create something better mm. you know make it you know please everybody yeah so yeah um let's talk about dumplings you guys um, <laughs> make a couple of dumplings here through the week yeah say. <laughs> we do we've just got our standard two boys they've been on since the beginning we got the chicken and prawn and the shiitake and water chestnut um over the last few weeks we've been doing the people's choice dumpling so we let the public come up with a whole heap of dumpling combination flavors that they wanted to see us I try and you know put onto the menu so we had over 450 entrants Jesus <laughs> I know right when they started coming in we were like holy shit this is just way like this is bigger than we even thought it was going to be yeah. so we were like holy what are we going to do about it so we put it all back to the people we went alright you guys vote <laughs> top 40 we will go through and then we, you know, we'll narrow it down and get our top 10 so at the moment we've been like working hard this week's been our dumpling recipe week Yeah. so we've got the skeleton from the you know from the people of what they want to see usually it's just like five ingredients and that's all they say so then we've got to come up with recipes and we've got to come up with like what the dumpling's going to look like how the sauce is going to go on the dumpling under on top or inside like so we've been doing that for the past uh, i think five days now i mean we had been practicing yeah. and doing stuff for the last month but now it's like the really gun-ho so we've got our top 10 finalists so what sort of flavors can we so we've expect? Got, so we've got like this vegan dumpling, which is actually quite unreal. It's great. So it's just a sweet potato dumpling with heaps and heaps of like spices, toasted spices, and sort of broken up just a little bit so you still get that crunch. Yeah. Um, with like a coconut yogurt Ooh, like okay. dressing, like, you know, uh, black sesame seeds, that kind of stuff, which was really cool. Jasmine teas in that as well. Um, we've got this um, karage dumpling. So it's like... An Australian, it's like a Japanese version of Australian snitty and gravy, right? It's a Japanese version, so it's it's called katsu. Yeah. Um, so it's like a katsu curry is what it is. So it's like pretty much a chicken schnitzel, and then you do like a, a deviled, like a curry gravy sauce that goes on top. So we've got to incorporate that into a dumpling. So we're like, we're trying to work out, so we're like, we're crumbing these dumplings, like in panko breadcrumbs and deep frying these dumplings. Mm -hmm. 
So we're trying to work out like the logistics of it and how it can run through a service. Because if these get yeah. onto the venue, we've got to be able to do this on high volume stuff. Yeah, we can't yeah, just yeah. be like, well, we were only going to do it for a day, but this, one of these dumplings is going to make it to the menu. Yeah. And it's going to stay. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got to make it easy for us, but also enjoyable for the customer. Yeah. So. Cool. We've got soup dumplings coming too, which is pretty cool. I so, love soup dumplings. So like the champ, yeah. like those. Oh god! So we're making. We've got heaps of stuff going on with that. Like whether we're going to do pork or we're going to do duck. Like we're just trying to. Yeah, that's cool. Get the best combination of flavors. Being like, I guess being the type of place that you are, being you know modern Asian and being able to take influences from different different regions oh it's is, brilliant yeah it gives you like freedom I think a lot of dumpling places you know you can pretty much expect some veggio some pork and prawn some yeah. you know bits and pieces but to do something like this where it challenges the, sh- the chefs to come up with flavours oh, it is and it's great it's really great to see the whole kitchen sort of come together we got like apprentices that are like oh my god I've had this dream about something or they've seen something they've eaten before or they can remember stuff and they're they're coming to us going Oh, this dumpling thing. So we put it to the whole team. So it's not just my responsibility or Joan and the execs' responsibility to get this done. We've put it all forward to the whole team and gone, this is our roster. This is what we're going to create today, tomorrow, next day, all week. Come up with recipes. If you're making some of these stuff and the recipe doesn't seem right, change it. Let us know what you're doing. Like, you guys need to be a part of this as much as we are because you guys are going to have to do most of the work yeah. in the end anyway. Like, so they're all really excited for it. Well, they are excited. They're getting there. Like, they're really pushing for it. And, you know, we're tasting dumplings. So we'll do, like, you know, 13 dumplings at a time and everyone will eat one and we'll try the sauces separately and then get everyone's kind of feedback. And we can't always get everyone's feedback back into the dish. But, you know, we're trying everything and going, okay, so now it's way too complex in flavor. There's too much going on. Simple is better. And it's just... It's great to see the yeah. young guys that are, you know, the teenagers that are here, you know, they're going to be the next head chefs, you know, exactly. in 10 years' time. So, you know, and they're usually to... enthusiastic. Oh, they well. are. We've yeah. got such a great, great crew of young guys in here. You know, we've got 18, 19, 20-year-olds that have been in the industry since they were 17, 18. And, yeah. you know, you can really see the excitement that they've got for the industry and 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 for Akiba. Yeah. You know, so it's really good to see them, yeah. like, pushing hard yeah, to try and... Cool. You know, be disciplined yet creative, and you know, work the hours and get paid reasonably poorly. <laughs> but we well, get the best there. out of people, you know, like yeah. give them a bit of give them a bit of license to make some decisions. Well, absolutely, these guys need to be just a part of menu creation as the top dogs. Yeah. You know, as owners or as head chefs or whatever it may be, the younger guys are the ones who are going to be doing the footwork in the end. So if they can see something and go, this is impractical or too hard or there's something missing in a flavor profile and not be afraid to say hey is it okay if we try it this way god we can try it any way you want Mm. let's if we can make this better and it's better than what i've done i've done my job by teaching you guys like you know like you're learning you know and if they i want everyone that works here and all the guys that are still starting out or just about to qualify to exceed anything that i ever do in my career like it means that we're, as you know, the chefs of today, are teaching the younger ones how to go that bit further and understand food a bit more. So, yeah. you know, some of these guys are just unreal, like pushing the boundaries and you know having a laugh at work. You know, we're an open kitchen, so we've got to be pretty careful about what gets <laughs> all the shenanigans. But you know, they all seem to have a pretty good time. I know yeah. I do. So that's great. Um, then talking about the the veggie dumplings that, that we shot, you served them in a nice broth as well. 
So we do a red vinegar sort of dressing. So you can the red vinegar you can get from any Asian store. Um, all we really do is you just chuck a bunch of like white and black peppercorns through there, like really toast them off and blend them up quite fine and like keep moving it for quite some time to infuse those peppers through. So you know you get this fleck of pepper and this little punch and tickle on your tongue and just a simple chili oil. So for us to make the chili oil, we were started off doing it, but you know you can get these really fantastic Asian products that imported in from China and Japan. So we just use a simple product like that. Um, it is fiery as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not something you want to be having a teaspoon with. We had a new sous chef come in and he started at the beginning of the year and he wasn't sure what it was, so he put it on a teaspoon and had a whole teaspoon at once. And as he was putting the teaspoon Ouch. in, I just looked over at him and I was like, that's a bad idea. Yeah. In his gobby goes and his face went bright red straight away. He's like, I didn't think it was chili. I didn't think it was chili. But um, no, the vegetarian dumplings, the shiitake mushrooms. So we use shiitake mushrooms are quite like full on in flavor mm. so we use about 10% shiitake and the rest just standard you know either swiss browns or you know just button mushrooms just for the bulking out factor because mm. too much shiitake is too much shiitake yeah. so and the water chestnut just for you know texture there's you know ginger garlic shallots and things in there as well and we've been experimenting using making our own dumpling skins so we're just working out like the logistics of whether you know we can pump out potentially ten thousand skins yeah, a week. Yeah, I know like, the quantity. Yeah, like well, you got four dumplings in a serve, and some weeks we sell like two thousand serves of dumplings, and you're no. just like, okay, so can we can we push it out ourselves? Like, can we do it? So we just buy in skins from uh, we've got this Japanese supplier that from from uh, Sydney. And we get you know three or four boxes at a time, yeah. and they're just a simple gyoza skin. Yeah. Um, but we're looking at different, you know, different skins, different combinations of dumplings, especially with this whole people's yeah. choice thing going on. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it keeps it, it keeps it interesting, you know, like constantly changing, having having the people involved, and that's the type of place that a keeper is. Like, I like it because it's. It serves a lot of purposes, you know, like it, it can be a bar and it is a bar. Yeah. It's a bar like after after ten o'clock on any any night, there's people in here until three going o'clock mental. in the, exactly. in the morning, yeah. there's a DJ. There's here, DJs, yeah. Photographers, like it's just it turns into not a nightclub but just like a lounge like so it's a bar, it's got great music, you know, it's got good atmosphere, but you know, people are up dancing as well, having a private conversation That's in the it. booths, like it's not quite a nightclub and it's not quite a bar. It's kind of a combo yeah. of both. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then, I mean, you can come, like, you'd have people, business people come in here to negotiate at lunchtime and then you can come here with, you know, with your family for, like, some dumplings on a Sunday. Absolutely, so yeah. Well, the Yumcha. Yeah, well, our Yumcha menu is about to get pretty off its head. <laughs> like, so we're getting in some uh, heated dumpling trolley, like, heated Yumcha trolley. Yeah. So in the past, we've just been doing, like, small amounts and carts and stuff and so we're really pushing the yum cha sort of menu so we're getting it like wrapped vinyl carts that like nice. all have a like their own personality and have a name and <laughs> you know there'll be like a fast one that zips around and just drops off dumplings everywhere and then ones that do like serve at the table so we'll like blow chorching prawns and you know getting really i don't know interactive with the customer yeah <coughs> so that should be It'll be pretty interesting. Yeah. So constantly evolving. Well, we have to. Yeah, exactly. We have to push the envelope. We can't stay comfortable or stagnant. Like if we're not pushing it every day to get better at something or 
change the system or you know grab a person that's never been here before like we've got to try and yeah it's about growing like if we stop growing then we all just you just stagnant you're yeah. better off just sitting in front of your computer at home like mm. you know everything's about growing for us you know it's the philosophy of both Mike and Pete and everyone else within the company it, like if we if we stop and are content at where we are there's just no point mm-hmm. you know we've got to keep pushing forward and we are and we're going hard so it's going to be pretty Always interesting times yeah. you know exciting um Quickly, the last dish, the, to- the tofu dish that we the shot today. Ag- the agadashi tofu. Yeah. So it's actually quite a traditional Japanese dish. Yep. So the broth itself is just quite simply is soy, water, hondashi stock, which is uh, like a fish soup stock that you can get. Very simple. Um, the tofu is a extremely soft silken tofu. It's not pressed at all. It's yeah. like very, very loose. So, you know, one push of it and it just shatters everywhere. And it's just rolled in some potato starch which you can use cornstarch as well either way um, just deep fried about 180 degrees in your fryer you can even shallow fry mm. pretty simple um, we've got um, a daikon puree in there some just fresh sliced shallots togarashi which is a Japanese sort of chili spice it's like chicken salt for <laughs> the yeah. Japanese you know so it's like chili uh, sesame is both black and white there's you know garlic there's orange like it's it's pretty punchy yeah it is you can make your own at home like making your own at home you can like really bring out the flavors um and just some nori some sliced up nori over the top yeah i it's such a good it's a vegetarian dish not vegan um but you can make it vegan of course without using the hondashi um but it's pretty good like yeah i love tofu i think that people are I mean, I'm a, I'm a big meat eater, obviously. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are, but I I I'll frequently order a tofu dish at, at an Asian restaurant. Absolutely, like, well, uh, tofu is sort of like this. It's like misunderstood. People mm. see it and they go, "Oh God, you'd only eat that if you were a vegan." Yeah. Like, no, like you can do some amazing things with it. Like you know, firm tofu, you can deep fry that and chuck it into a laksa, and it absorbs all the flavors from the laksa, and then it's just like this little sponge of like yeah. glorious it's one of the like, best bits like right yeah. I, I'm like don't even give me the chicken it's yeah, always dry exactly. anyway like, yeah. just give me the tofu yeah. like that's where the flavour's at and it's not dry it's got a good flavour it's spongy it's like with the agadashi it's quite simple agadashi sorry it's quite uh, simple and quite refined in flavours but the textures are great like it's it's a really good starter it's warm it's got a hot broth like you know you can eat it in summer or winter it doesn't matter when you're eating it but it's just we sell more of it now, obviously, because it's colder. But we st- first couple of weeks, it was kind of a little bit um and ah. But we got people that order it now. They're regulars. They're here every week or every second week, and they order it every time. Mm. Like, and my my old man is very much a carnivore. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big T Rex of a, of the meat, and he was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to eat that. And he ate that, and he thought it was rad. So yeah. it was awesome. Just textures and flavors. It's not about eating a hunk of meat anymore I love I love silken tofu texture you don't you can't get it in, in other proteins no like, no it's just it's soft it's yeah. like melt in your mouth yeah, like love it. It, it's kind of I don't know it's like gelatin but yeah. it's not yeah, it's exactly. completely like I don't know it just disappears like it's silkiness it's velvet it's yeah. you know with a crunch from the deep fry and the potato starch and then when you hit the broth that's like mix it all together and it's just it's great texture wise yeah. um last question 
Working in a place, like I said, you, you can draw influences from all over Asia and, you know, other places in the world as well. Like, when you've got such an amazing variety of ingredients you can be working with, you know, regional cuisines that you can bring into your menu, like, how do you, how do you go about developing a menu and, and, and researching different ingredients and finding new things? Because there's so much out there for you. I- it, it can be overwhelming thinking about all the endless possibilities. Yeah. Like when you put Asia, when you say Asia, a lot of people just sort of think, you know, you know, Chinese, Japanese. I think maybe a little bit of like if you go Southern Asia, you know, South Asia or anything like that. Like I think Thailand, Malaysia, things like that. You got to think like India falls into that as well. Exactly. So it gets even bigger, and there's so many different provinces that do their own special things. Like so, it's like can be quite overwhelming in that thought so all we try and do now is you know instead of trying to design a whole menu at once because we've already got the skeleton of a menu and it works it's refining dishes it's also going oh where's the hole in the menu so it's like okay so we need like a prawn dish we need another vegetarian dish and going okay so what can we do that's asian as a whole and pairing flavors with that like deep frying wakami Mm -hmm. is like so wakami being a um, seaweed we get it in dehydrated and we rehydrate it here. So, you know, deep frying that and you get like this amazing like sea punch in your mouth and it's crunchy as well, but you know, on another dish it's like seaweed as it's natural, it's like spongy and it's mm. got this weird texture to it. But it's just sort of finding ingredients that we're all very familiar with and some that we're very not familiar mm. with and playing with it. You know, getting kelp flakes and seeing if we can turn it into a broth or make it into a dessert or it, we just play mm. you know and we use our trolleys on Tuesdays and throughout other evenings so we play we make a dish and if, it, if we're unsure about it if we some of us are like that's a rocking dish and some are like yeah I don't like that we put it on the trolley and we give it to the people the people yeah. can tell us what they think yeah. if they like <laughs> it they'll tell us if they don't like it, they'll tell us that's cool and we can then go okay cool it's, it's worth having another relook or refining it and we work out with the people, you know, the people are the people that, they're the ones that get the final say in the end. If they don't like a dish, they don't like a dish. Yeah. You know, you can play with it all you like or you can start again. Awesome. Well, thanks, Laura. Thanks for the awesome dishes and thanks for talking to us. Um, man, possibilities are endless for a keeper. Just keep oh, on moving. Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to the future. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Anyways, cheers. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Laura Dale, the head chef of Akiba in the city. If you want to find out more about Akiba, you can head to their website, akiba.com.au. And if you want more of these podcasts, you can get them on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com, and go to the podcast link. You can also find us on social media, at quicksandfood, on Facebook and on Instagram, where you can get all the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 